What's up? I'm Ryan McMorris. And I'm Wesley McMorris. And we're happily married most of the time. And proud parents of some pretty awesome kids most of the time. And we spent way too much time in corporate America working 70 hours a week, not living our lives intentionally. So we became hardcore entrepreneurs in 2014 and committed to creating a life of freedom. And we believe you can create a life of freedom and a lifestyle of your dreams and make as much money as you want. So whether you're looking to start an online biz or you already have an online business and you're ready to take things up a notch, we got your back. Most of the time, unless you're tripping. So grab a pen and paper and let's make it happen. What is going on, fam? Welcome back to another episode of ILC TV, and I have a guest on the show today who has been around the block one more time. Yeah, on ILC TV, <laughs> my man Ted Faden. Guys, if you have not uh, heard our first episode on the Modern Man that we did with Ted, um, this guy is an anchor with Fox News here in Greenville. He is an influencer. This guy is a, a founder and speaker of the Modern Man event, so definitely check that out. He is the founder of the podcast No Rain, No Rainbows. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's an entrepreneur. He's um, he's a, a dog dad. I mean, this guy, <laughs> he's just doing the thing in Greenville, and um, I'm glad to have you back, dude. Yeah, glad to be back. Shout out to my pup, Bruno. <laughs> I know you're listening. Yes. Right. Turning your head. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, I, I, say, I hear you. I yeah. Hear you. <laughs> That's funny, dude. Yeah, yo. Um, so, um, yo, let, let's let's dive in, man. Um, today we're talking about social media mm-hmm. branding, uh, specifically. Um, I, I love, like, I followed you for a while, and obviously, you know, I'll, I'll catch the news and you know, I'll see you around. And yeah. I've, you know, since I've seen since seeing you on on Instagram, I've seen your evolution. Mm-hmm. On, on branding, especially, I think it's a very special thing because I know a lot of you guys are entrepreneurs that probably have jobs. Maybe you're you're looking to you know leave that job, quit that job, whatever. But like one of the things that we were talking about earlier was leverage, yeah, and having a job, branding yourself on social media, and so there's a lot of stuff I want to ask you about sure. this stuff, dude, because I feel like it can be so helpful. So, like I said, I think you've gone through this evolution, yeah, of. Um, you were just kind of on Instagram, mm-hmm. you know, and then it, it became like, okay, now I'm going to grow this thing. I, this Instagram is a platform for yeah. me, for my voice and my message. And I feel like no matter, I feel like some people feel like if you have to have a business in order to, I guess, really have a voice yeah. on social media. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I had that common misconception yeah. too. It was kind of like, you know, check one, two, one, two, is this thing on? Right. And then it's like, oh wait, it is on. Yeah. And then what do you do from there? Right. You yeah. realize there's, there's a microphone and people are listening. Right. It's like this podcast and, and, and the folks listening, whether they're in their car or they're at home, they're real people. Right. And I think for me, the connection came where I, where I realized I can communicate and connect with people through time and through space. Right. It's it's not anything that's fake. I can put a post out there, speak my truth, and the next day somebody receives it. Right. And comments back. And over the span of two, three days, have a conversation with somebody I've never met before. Right. Build relationships with these people. I think once that kind of connected for me, I realized the power behind it. Yeah. So yeah. I've been working on that for a while. And, and the progression you've seen... The past 12 months, I think, has really been in the works for uh, maybe two or three years. But I think just now I'm starting to get into the right. rhythm. 
and and find my voice. Right. So like take us back because like I felt like when I was when I was an employee or when I had a job, like I didn't I, I didn't really have my voice on social media either. Mm-hmm. There's probably stuff inside. So like how does one kind of have their social media voice um, kind of find it and also have a job? Because I know a lot of times, you know, you have to toe the line with certain things when you have a job. Yeah. Uh, You may have a side business or whatever. So I know, um, you know, obviously working for a network, I mean, there's that that line is probably the most, you know, solid line ever. Exactly. It's probably worse than any other line, you know? Yeah. Because it's got to be very strict. So separated. Yeah. Yeah. Extreme. (laughs) So, so tell us about that, dude. Like, how has that been? Was that, how have you overcome that, that, Mm -hmm. that mind, that, that thought process? Well, the biggest thing I, I realized was I had to separate the two. So I think a lot of people, if they're working a job right now, they're trying to figure out how to adopt their social media in their job. They're two different things. So, for example, when I first was working at Fox doing the weather and doing when I started anchoring, I would share all my forecasts. Right. I would I would share that, for Fox and I would share it for mine. Yeah. Um, when I started anchoring, I would share all the news stories. I'd share it for Fox and I'd share it for mine. And I realized the posts that got the most engagement were pictures of myself. Pictures of my Halloween costume would get all the likes and the responses. But when I post a breaking news story or I post a forecast, it didn't get as much. Right. Because the reality is people that are finding my social media profile from Fox, anything I'm putting out, whether it's a forecast or a news story, Fox puts it out first. Right. They're, and my job is to put it out for for my station. Yeah. So they're going to be the first to put it out. So anything I put out on my own is... I'm going to be second. Yeah. That was number one. Number two, what I realized was anybody that's coming to my social media page, they want to know me. Right. If they want to know what the news story is. Yeah. They know where to get the information. Or they want the damn news. They're coming from me. Right. And that's when I separated the two and I, I decided, okay, when I'm at work, I do my job. Right. My social media account is me. So if you go to my Instagram right now, it's going to be all Ted Fayton. Who happens to work at exactly, Fox. and so and dude, that's that's what I want people to like really start to see is like every one of us has a brand, every one mm-hmm. of us has a message, every one of us, no matter where what you're doing, uh, you can you have an audience of people, whether it's one person or ten people or a thousand people, you have an audience. Yeah, and you seem like you kind of started like I guess kind of wise up to like hey. I have an audience of people and mm-hmm. I can either a like not say a word and just do the weather. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or if there's something in my heart, in my gut, in my mind, in my soul, I can be let that out and use this as a platform. Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of what I've been using it for. Right. Building myself, building my personal brand. And the reality of it is, is you represent everything you touch. Yeah. So. Whether it's my job, whether it's my girlfriend, whether it's my friends, everything I put on social media, I'm representing them as well. We all know the how you you judge by by association, right? Yeah. If I'm putting up crazy stuff online, people are gonna say, Well, why is Fox hiring this person? Right. Or why is she dating that guy? So every I, I had to take responsibility for my brand. Yeah. And by taking responsibility for my brand and my voice and what I put out there, I don't worry about how I how I represent those around me because 
my reputation is important. And because I value my reputation, I also value my associations. Yeah, no, I feel you. And so because of that, like when, when you when you know you represent like a lot of different things with social media, is is that difficult sometimes to, to kind of like I guess balance? It can be. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Because I think we live in, in a in a in a time where it's easy to offend people. Yeah. People get offended easily. And I've said it on another podcast, I say it again here. I'm at a point in my life where I know I'm a good person, I know my intentions are genuine. Right. If somebody gets offended or something I say comes across the wrong way, I'd love the opportunity to address it and correct it. Yeah. But I'm no longer going to apologize for living my life. Right. So when I say it can get difficult, it gets difficult when things are interpreted incorrectly. Yeah. But Again, the intention behind it is always pure and genuine. Yeah. And as long as I, I keep that first and foremost, I'm not too worried about what I put out. Right, right. I mean, yeah, and, and I feel like if you if you come from a place of being worried about what you put out, it's not going to be genuine. Exactly. You know, and, and that's, what, that's what people need from you. Your, whatever audience you have, they need your authenticity and they need mm-hmm. your, your, your genuine self. Yeah. Um, so... When it comes to um, leverage, yeah, you know, I feel like I've I've I try to talk about this anytime we talk about anybody that has a career in anything. Because as an intentional lifestyle creator, like I, I truly believe, like it's okay to have a job. It's perfectly fine to have mm-hmm. a job. But like the whole like quit your job message, the war, you know, uh, no one should work a job. You know, this is you know, honestly, if that happened, then nothing would ever be produced. Yeah, you know what I mean. We need workers. Exactly, exactly. And the, but the thing is, we need people doing things that they're happy with. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And whether you have something on the side, I think everybody should have something on the side because I mean, it, just in today's world, I mean, it's tough to, you know, why why would you ever want one income? Yeah. I'd say in the world we live in, there's no reason somebody should work a job they hate. Yeah. I'll say that again. In the yeah. world we live in, yes. there's no reason somebody should work a job they hate. 40 years ago, that was different. It was. Because there was no other oppor- there was no other way. So it was like, if you want to live a certain lifestyle, mm-hmm. you may have to sacrifice. That was just the, that was just the price you paid. Yeah. Both of my parents, they're, they're immigrants. They're from Haiti, right? Okay. So both of my parents were probably the hardest working people I know. Not the richest people I know, the right. hardest working people I know. And my dad doing 12-hour days, commuting in and out of the city. My mom working overtime just to put me into Catholic school to have good education. When I call my mom and I say, oh, they won't give me a day of work. You know what she says? Yeah. Well, that's how it is. Yeah. Because that's the world she grew up in. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> that's not how it is now. You want a day off? <laughs> yeah. Like, what is this? Like, yeah. Like, we used to celebrate Christmas on Christmas Eve. We right. would open our presents at midnight because my mom had to be at work the next morning. Growing up, I never had a Christmas morning with my mom unless it felt unless it fell on a Saturday or a Sunday. My mom went to work on Christmas. Right. So that was the reality I grew up in, knowing how you have to put the work in. That taught me work ethic, right? I'll always be happy to right, have that. Because you can't, you can't take that away from me. Exactly. Once you have work ethic, like you can't take that away from anybody. Yeah. Anybody listening, you need work ethic. Yeah. But you don't have to work every Christmas right. if you don't want to. 
You don't have to work a job you don't like. There are too many resources at our fingertips right now right. and too many opportunities to make money in different avenues to settle for A, just one source of income and B, settle for a source of income you don't like. Right. And I feel like that is because I was there and I know you probably felt that way too of, of being on what is social media? Is it going to be the resource mm-hmm. that we just talked about of 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 like an amazing resource yeah. or like a lot of people they struggle with social media it's this addictive draining comparison you know just life sucker yeah. and it's like it's the same platform we got we both have the same Facebook we both have the same Instagram the same Twitter mm-hmm. but if you got different people and if I'm approaching it in a different way I one's a resource for me and one's a, a, a brain life sucker yeah. for the next person. It's like if we took a toolbox. It has hammer, has nails, has a wrench and whatnot, and we said, build a house. I wouldn't know what to do with it. Right. But you take a contractor, you give him the same toolbox, he might give you a house in a, in a few months. Yeah. He knows what to do with it. That's what social media is. It's a tool. Right. And because of it, people can either work the tool for their benefit or, or they work it to yeah. their detriment. Yep. And it's all about the utility on what they use it for. Yeah. So... An example, no matter what job you're working, you might be a real estate agent, you might be an author that just wrote a book, you might have a blog, you might be an electrician. Your presence on social media can turn into income, meaning you get exposure for your book, you get exposure for your blog, you get exposure for your business. You love being an electrician. You could work for a company, it's not your company, but you're having such a good time doing what you do. You love being an exactly. electrician. I, I, I literally found a, there you uh, go. There's a girl on Instagram who is a contractor, mm-hmm. right? And um, I think it's like Hilti, the, the 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 company that does like the drills and stuff. Yeah, they pay her like five grand a month just to use the tools and take pictures on the job <laughs> sites that she's at. It's amazing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, it was funny because I met this lady here who her son. She was like, "Oh, my son really knows what he wants to do." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Okay, cool. How's his gram?" And she was like, what? And I was like, Instagram. Yes. Like, how's his Instagram doing? And she was like, oh, he's not really doing it. And I was like, yo, you got to get on, you got to get your game right. Whether yep. or not, whether it's, if he knows what he wants to do, if he wants to build houses, then, dude, I'm sure lumber liquidators would, would be happy mm-hmm. to spot him. Because guess what? Less people see the lumber liquidators commercials. Yes. So where are, but the people that they're targeting on those commercials, their eyes are somewhere. Mm-hmm. But where are they? Yeah. Right? They're on the gram. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. They're all scrolling on the gram, looking for something, and all of a sudden, you know, they see the this guy, and he's over here, got lumber liquidators saying, hey, you know, if you're going to redo your kitchen, yeah, you know, if you're going to redo your floors, make sure you get these. Yeah. You know? We're living in an interesting time right now. Yeah. Because companies, they're slowly moving their advertising dollars. Yeah. Anybody listening, if you're not building a following, if you're not trying to be an influencer, you're going to miss out on a lot of money Oof. because companies are going to start buying your trust, yep. the trust from your followers. I'll throw out an unorthodox hobby, adult coloring books. Let's say you love adult coloring books. If you're listening, you're welcome. Yes. You love adult I, coloring I, books. By me, I, I'm an adult color. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, so my girlfriend, her mom, yeah. loves adult coloring books. Funny, Wes's mom loves those too. She has a bag. She has something like 200 colored right, pencils. Because the really nice, the really nice box. These things are awesome. Right. Like, but I'm looking at that like there's a full niche there. Right. Now let's say you like adult coloring books. 
You could print out your own prints. You can have your own colors. You could pay, take pictures of your finished pictures, yep. post them, and you have a whole bunch of adult coloring book fans following you. Yep. What do you think happens when a company that sells pencils, yep. bags, they want the attention of people who are into it? Yep. You have a thousand to three thousand followers. You might just end up yep. with a free adult coloring book. Yo, yo, thanks for tuning in to Intentional Lifestyle Radio. If you're enjoying this episode, make sure you subscribe. And snap a quick pic of this episode and tag us on IG at ILC University. Plus, catch our training videos on YouTube at ILCTV.com. All right, let's get back to the episode. Yeah, and, and so, and, and that's what I love about it because, like, yeah, it may not, they may not give you a million dollar deal. Yeah. It may just give you free stuff. Yeah. You know, it could, it could go from free stuff, it could be, you know, uh, pay it could be paid um you know i met uh, i didn't meet her but I, I read a story about a lady who was homeschooling her kids and she built an audience just sharing what she was doing with her kids yeah and then that homeschool company um started uh sponsoring her mm-hmm. there you go so sending her all the books so what was costing her like a thousand dollars a month mm-hmm. probably minimum to get all the books get all the supplies get all the stuff just so she could homeschool the company was like oh you know pfft, no, don't no, worry. Don't worry about it. We got you, boo. Yeah. We got you. And so <laughs> if you're an employee and you're thinking, oh, well, I, I can only build social media uh, followings if I have a business and I need to monetize it. No, stop being uh, closed minded to the yeah. fact that like whatever it does, it, it could be whatever you need. Yeah. You know, if I if, if we have an audience and I say, you know what? um, I really don't feel like paying uh, $500 for a Dyson or $1,000 for a, a Roomba or whatever they are. Yeah. If I have an audience, I can I can probably hit them up. Yeah. Um, I was going to get this hair stuff from Aveda. And I was like, hey, I have a um, one of my YouTube channels. I have a good audience there. Yeah. You know, I, I have the email out. I just need to send it. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, um, I'm not looking for sponsorships. All I want is to. I'll test the product. Just send me sam- Just send me the sample. Exactly. So the product costs 150. dollars I was like, eh, would I rather hit up Aveda and tell them to give me three months of the product, mm-hmm. or do I just pay 100, you know, 150 dollars three times? Yeah. I'll call them. Exactly. What you're touching on is everybody. Everybody loves the word passive income, right? Right. And but they don't know exactly. Right. They don't know and. Passive income doesn't have to be income. Right. If you spend $100 a month on a hobby and you build a following and all of a sudden the company now gives you the stuff for your hobby for free, right. you just made $100 a month. Yes. You didn't make extra money, but right. you're not spending that yeah. money. A dollar saved is a dollar made. Exactly. All day long. So you can you can balance the scale two ways. Right. You don't have to add income. You just reduce your expenses. Exactly. By doing your hobby. Yeah. So you're still doing what you love, but the supplies now come for free and your audience continues to grow. Yeah, I, I, I love it. And like, you know, um, for us, I think two of the best ways to get started, if you choose to monetize your audience, you don't mm-hmm. have to, but it's either uh, affiliate marketing because almost every company out there has some affiliate program yep. uh, involved, or um, you can monetize it through like network marketing or, or something like that. Yes. Um, but... Most employees just don't have any leverage. Mm-hmm. I know we were talking about that earlier. Like yeah. most people just don't have any damn leverage. So how has leverage kind of changed? I know we can't touch on Earthing, sure. but how has now having an audience on social media? I know you have an e-com store, so yes. you've got some stuff rocking. Yeah. How has leveraged changed what you do now? Leverage changed because I found a voice. 
So once I started building a voice and a following, there's a niche there. Right. I'm I'm on the anchor desk. I wear a suit every day. I started a thing on Instagram, quote unquote, how fresh, right. where people get to rate how fresh I am. And sometimes they like it, sometimes they don't. When you put yourself out there, be prepared for the good and the bad. <laughs> but by building that following and having my own my own level of comfort, that's my leverage. It's amazing what happens when you start living life like you don't need where you are. Right. All of a sudden, you become valuable because they see the self-value you have, the value you put on yourself. Anybody that's working a job, understand that you're being paid for a service. I don't look at um, my employer as my employer. I look at them as my partner. Right. I'm providing a service for you for a paycheck. That's the agreement that we have. And the more I build myself up, guess what happens? The more value you provide. The more value you provide, the more expensive you are. Do you feel like? Do you feel like the majority of people that that are working a job they they ha- they look at their employer as an employer instead of looking at them as a partnership? Yes, I think they look at their employer as an employer. I think they've capped out on their skills, and I think they stay one dimensional. Right. Anybody listening, I advise you take a step back outside of your own role. What value do you give to the company you're working aside from the position you were hired to do? Right. Because you can give value in multiple areas. I can look back at where I am. I can go in sales and say, hey, I saw this. Keeping my ear to the ground. I don't need credit for it. But the well-being of the company I work for is tied to my well-being. If they make more money, guess what? I make more money. So providing values in other avenues outside of your specific role a good boss is going to is going to see that. They're going to notice that. They're also going to notice what you're doing outside of work. If you're building a, a brand, if you're building a following through a hobby, you're also becoming more independent because you're more independent, you're showing initiative, you're showing work ethic. Those are all good things to a boss. Right. And so then when you go in for an evaluation or something like that now yeah. instead of just saying like here's a dollar raise or here's a, you know, uh, you know, pat on the back or here's mm-hmm. a free dinner or something like that like now you actually have actual leverage that you can play with yeah or it's also hey here's your raise but I also see what you're doing outside of work keep doing that because it's getting a lot of attention right and when people ask you where you work that leads back to me right a good boss will notice that right yeah. a good boss will encourage your personal brand because the more people that follow you they're gonna say well, where does this person work where does this person make their money what right. do they do what do they do yeah exactly and then they're, that all roads will lead to that. Yeah. So yeah. it's all about the leverage comes into this. Audit your skills, increase your skills, and get some acknowledgement for it. Become good at something. Yeah. And get acknowledgement for it. And when people start acknowledging you that you're good for something, they'll yeah. follow you for that. And everything else follows. So I, I like that. So like now when it comes to branding, what's the best place for you to brand? Is it like Twitter? Instagram, Facebook, like what would you recommend if someone's just looking to create a brand, possibly monetize it, but really just get their voice out there, just kind of do the thing? Like where do you where do you recommend someone kind of start? Uh, a lot of it depends on the message. Okay. Um, visual, I love Instagram. That's where I am at right now. Love Instagram. In a time of instant information, especially in the world we live in, a lot of my coworkers, they're on Twitter. Yeah. Because information is quick. It's just a... Exactly. Yeah. So if you're trying to build something more on an information base, Twitter might serve you better. Facebook tends to be more long form. Yeah. So it's almost as if understanding what your audience is and what your 
what your ideal medium is going to be, whether you're going to be writing long form right. or if you're going to be putting out pictures right. or you're going to just be getting quick snippets of information, yeah. then I'd say kind of tailor to that because that's where your audience is. Yeah. I feel you. I feel you, man. I like it. I like yeah. it. Um, what about comparison? Because I know you said, hey, sometimes I'm fresh. Sometimes it's hashtag not so fresh. Yeah. So... <laughs> With someone dealing with that, I mean, like, how do you handle um, the negative and the positive and the ups and downs of, uh, of building a, an audience? And some people are feeling it. Some people may not be feeling it. Yeah. Um, if you have haters, you're doing something right. I feel you. Um, some of the best iconic brands don't make everybody happy. Right. I think Bill Cosby or someone said, if you, if you want to be unsuccessful, try and make everyone happy. Right. So you're not going to make everybody happy. There's... There are people who hate the tie I'm wearing on a given day. Right. That's okay because 80% like it. Right. So I actually look at the negative feedback as... as Almost positive. Yeah. It's like, okay, I'm doing something right. Right. Because as much people will not like it, there's going to be some people who love it. And depending on where your niche is, Instagram for me, in my personal experience, in the comments, if somebody has something negative to say, I don't even have to touch it. Right. My followers hop on that person. Yeah, and that's awesome, right? Like, I mean, dude, if so, like, especially like IG Live or Facebook Lives or whatever, mm-hmm. like, when you start to build that community, your community stands up before you even have a chance to. Yes. Yeah. You know? And they go block party on quicker than anybody. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. That, that's what's up. Like, oh, no, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> right? So, um, uh, one last thing I want to touch on, dude. Um, I know we talked about you kind of when you started your entrepreneurial kind of mm-hmm. monetization strategy, you went the e-commerce route. Yes. Right. So I like the e-commerce route um, because I think it's a great I think everybody can do it. Yeah. You know, I think everybody can have something that uh, either aligns with their brand or even doesn't have. You know, I mean, sometimes you don't even have to. I know a girl that does a good amount of money just on dog stuff and she has nothing to do with dogs. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and so. Why did you go the e-commerce route? What do you like about the e-commerce route? And kind of what was your experience? Because I know you, you know, you've gotten, you know, it's not like you're an e-commerce expert. Sure. So, like, I think that's even better to hear from someone that's just kind of like, you know. Yeah. I got beat up a little bit and then came out on the other <laughs> side and said, hey, you should see the other guy. Um, but I liked e-commerce because it was a very doable business model. Right. The the barrier for entry wasn't extremely high. You can you can get into e-commerce at a at a relatively low investment. Right. And when it comes to starting a business, it's a, it's a lower investment than most. And it's freedom. It's the ability to work your business whether you're at home, you're at a coffee shop, you're in a different state. As long as you have Wi-Fi yeah. and a laptop, sometimes just your cell phone, but preferably a laptop, as long as you have Wi-Fi, you could work it. Yeah. So that, for me, gave me the best utility. And you could also work it at any hour of the day. Right. You don't have to have your business hours nine to five. You could work it in the middle of the night, especially for me. I wake up at 2.20 in the morning. Yeah, early. I wanna, <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, you, you how, wait, what time? 2.20. That's early. Yeah. That's late. Is it? Is it early or late? It's, the club is I've, closed. I've been getting calls from my friends coming home from the club. Right. <laughs> it's, I'd say you get used to it. You don't. It's not real life at 2.20. But I get out of work. I go to the gym. And then I could work my business. Right. And then if I'm off, I could, I could work it at night. I could work it in the morning. It doesn't matter. So all of that gave me the kind of perfect recipe to hop in and try this out. Right. Now, my experience with it is I'm stubborn. 
I picked a I picked a very challenging niche. Yeah. Um, and you know I was getting eaten up by the big sharks. Yeah. And kind of pivoted around, ducked and dodged, and then got a little bit of success for a little bit. Kind of got some income coming in. I was like, oh, okay, here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you got to find your way. Exactly. You know, in anything, in exactly. anything, you got to find like your your kind of honey hole. And sometimes it takes a week. Sometimes it takes a year. Sometimes it may you know take anywhere in between or more. Yeah. I'll tell you what, though, I'll never forget. Um, it was last year, not this past Thanksgiving that just passed, the one before that, 2017. And I'm on the way to the airport. My parents are driving me to the airport. I was visiting them for thanks for Thanksgiving. Yeah. And my phone goes, ching! Oh, that... I'm never going to forget that. Right. Because, you know, you put the work in and you set this up. And, they, oh, if you build it, they will come. And right. they don't come for a couple right, weeks. Right, right, right. You're, you're running ads and you're trying to figure out what's going on. But... I'm never going to forget the moment I was sitting down doing nothing. Nothing. And I just made money. Hell yeah. Yeah. Dude, it's the best <laughs> feeling ever. Yeah. Like when your phone starts going off or when you just see payments coming through and you're like, oh, snap. Yeah. Like, and, and sometimes it's putting something together, doing it wrong, and nothing comes through. Mm-hmm. And But then you're like, okay, cool. That doesn't work. All right, cool. I, I figured out what didn't work. Do it again. Okay, figured out that didn't work. Yep. Do it again. Figured out that doesn't work. And then all of a sudden, when it gets dialed in, though, mm-hmm. that's when, like, everything you see about anybody making money on autopilot, money on, uh, you know, just coming in, yep. you know, there's is a there's something that you didn't see. Exactly. All the trial and error, all the time, all the money spent to get it dialed in, mm-hmm. that's what you usually don't see. Yeah. And the biggest thing I learned with e-commerce is... There's one challenge that leads to another. Yeah. You solve one problem, you get, I started getting sales. It'd be beautiful. There, there were a couple of days I'd wake up in the morning, I already have $150 worth of sales. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I made money today already. Right. But then, as the sales start coming in, and, and yeah, sure, the deposits are coming through, but you're also getting those emails and right. for Support. customer service. Yeah. So what used to be like, how do I get a sale? Is like, oh, now how do I do the customer service? Right, and that that's a, that's a beast all in itself. Yep. And so that's why... I think a lot of times for people that are aspiring to be entrepreneurs, I think affiliate marketing is amazing because mm-hmm. you all you literally do is you play the middleman. Yeah. And so you're saying, hey, uh, here's a product from another company. Mm-hmm. You should buy this. And then company says, oh, hey, we tracked that you sent this customer to us. Here's money. Yeah. And so when customer says, I need customer service, they don't come to you. <laughs> they go to the they go to the source they actually bought the product from. Yeah. And so that's the that's one of the things I love about affiliate marketing is like, yo, if you build an audience in a specific brand or niche or whatever and you say, Hey, I really love Sephora makeup. Yep. And you send all your people to Sephora. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? They buy Sephora stuff. You get a check. They want to return it. They can go to Sephora. Exactly. They don't got to go to you. Yeah. And you when know? you talk about affiliate marketing, the goal in Instagram, 10K. Yeah. 10K followers. Get that swipe up. Yep. Get that swipe up. Yep. And it's it, just a link. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's the that's the, the goal is, is to go is to get 10,000 followers. Yes. And get that swipe up. And, you know, we talk about, well, what do you need to really crush it online? Like, you don't need a huge audience. You need an engaged audience that loves you and trusts you and literally probably buy everything you say just no matter what you say it. And so the mission, you know, whether it's a, a year or two years or five years, mm-hmm. Go for that thousand super fans. Yeah, like you need a thousand people, and it may sound like a big number now, and, and you just you just work to it. Yeah, you just work towards that number of of 
a thousand people that love me so much mm-hmm. that I could literally wrap up any product in a turd and they would still buy it. Yeah. Yeah. And this is this is what's been so important for me and pivotal to my growth was at first I was focused on building my followers. Mm, okay. Building my numbers. I got you. And that didn't really work. Okay. I mean it worked, but there's it only a difference so long, right? Exactly. There's yeah. a difference between how many people you follow or how many people follow you right. and to influence. They're right. not one and the same. What I started doing was building myself. Mm. And we, what anybody listening, what I would caution is don't build a following off of something fake. Be real. I start, I mean, I hit the gym, I'm working the e-commerce business, I'm going to work every day, I'm waking up early, I'm doing the things I'm posting. And yeah. because of that- Documenting, building res- yourself. Yeah, the results come, right? So if, if I go and if I take a shirt off picture and I have abs, someone's like, how do I get abs? Right. I tell them what I did, I tell them what I used. Yeah. And then they want it. People are attracted to discipline. Mm. Period. Oh, man. Period. Ooh, that's going to sting for somebody. It, it is. It is. That's going to sting but for that's somebody. that's the truth. Why do you want Steph Curry sneakers? Because he can shoot that ball. Right. And you want to shoot the ball like Steph Curry. Man. So I'm going to buy the sneakers that he's wearing. People are attracted to discipline. So be disciplined. Grow yourself and the followers will come. Yes. You know, I love that because it's like, uh, I think, I can't remember who said, I think it was Jim Rohn, but he said, like, if you have a life, if you're, if you're, if, if life is worth living, then it's worth documenting. Mm-hmm. And the old school way to document your life was to write in a journal, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Or to have someone follow you around that costs thousands of dollars a month. And now you have these platforms that basically journal your life, mm-hmm. you know, and it's okay. There's certain things that you may not journal. Yeah. But the majority of stuff you probably should. And, 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 it, and it's for your audience. So, dude, I love that. I love that. So, yo, um, we'll have to we'll have to have you back, man. And, yeah. uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be talking social media some more, dude. But I'd love yo, to appreciate you coming by, man. Yeah. Where, can, where can people uh, find you? So Instagram, that's my main platform. OK. At uh, Fate and Forecast. That's P-H-A-E-T-O-N. The number four. K-A-S-T. And that links into everything else I do. Nice. Yeah. Nice. It would definitely, uh, we'll definitely do that, man. Thanks for coming by, dog. Appreciate it, man. Hey, what is going on? Ryan McMorris here with Intentional Lifestyle Creators. And the show notes for this episode can be found at ILC University forward slash labels or ILCTV.com forward slash labels. So glad you're here today. Hope you got some value from this one. Until next time, my friends, you create your lifestyle and you're just one decision away from creating an entirely new lifestyle.